This is the 18th season of Bass Talk Live. With your host, Matt Pangrad. BTL is brought to you by Lorance, Bass Cat Boats, AFCO, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, and Pro Guide Batteries. BTL, coming at ya! Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. Recorded show today. Uh, currently on the Red River, backing up the Chesapeake with another juggernaut of a bass fishery in the middle of summer. Red River for the second Bassmaster Central Open of the 2022 season. Uh, snakes, lily pads, frogs, all sorts of fun stuff. I'll be interested to see if I'll be finding a way to uh, incorporate a spinning rod uh, into that uh, scenario. So, recorded show. I did mention at the end of uh, last uh, Wednesday show, or actually at the beginning of last Wednesday show, MLF obviously just wrapping up uh, their season, the BPT uh, on Malax, Jacob Wheeler uh, notching his second angler of the year title over on the uh, BPT. And there was a little bit of uh, confusion among some of the anglers, and we'll actually be able to ask today's uh, guest about this. Uh, as as to how many lines you can use, how many baits you can use on those lines. And it seems like the further north you go, the more funky rules you have as far as what you can and can't fish with. So apparently Minnesota's got only one rod in the water at a time and no like donkey rigs, like double fluke rigs or uh, Alabama rigs that have like teaser baits or anything on them. So uh, I did get a press release uh, at the very end of last week that said MLF issues a statement on the inadvertent Minnesota DNR violation at Mille Lacs. Uh, it, it says MLF Bass Rule 33 permits an angler to utilize a second line once per period, which is, I think, a very interesting rule. As long as it's 100% legal, that's where you have a fish hooked up and the guy wants a period can go, holy cow, there's a school of fish under him, pick up another rod, push the button or open the bale, drop the rod down, and then it's a total rodeo. You got two fish on at the same time. I think it's, uh, uh, makes for great viewing. Uh, but that is not allowed in Minnesota. Uh, it says there is an oversight or rule directly violated Minnesota's DNR regulations. We did not properly communicate with that to the anglers. Upon being made aware of the regulations, we immediately informed the Bass Pro Tour anglers in the competition that they were uh, they had to cease using two lines for the remainder of the event. And it said we contacted the Minnesota DNR to clarify the verifications. Uh, and I guess Wheeler and AJ Jr. Uh, both received uh, citations from the Minnesota DNR for the violation of the two-line regulation. They have accepted their responsibility, paid their fines, and no further disciplinary action. So there, cut and dry uh, press release there that uh, MLF issued on the 14th uh, about that. By now, that, that tournament just concluded, and we'll have a full, uh, full recap of both the Elite Series and BPT uh, seasons, but we'll just stay up in uh, Minnesota. And today's guest has, uh, I've heard his name for the last couple of years. And, you know, I've gone up and done the Crappie Chronicles uh, with uh, Adam uh, Bartuzek uh, in Minnesota, got on the ice a little bit and, 
uh, I've kind of started to follow. I went up and I did the St. Jude there on the Mississippi River. Hopefully the schedules will allow uh, for me to do that again this year with Adam. Uh, this time we'll actually fish the current. I was I kind of stayed away from the current last time, and he's like, we're going to get our butt kicked even though you're going to be catching fish. And I was like, ah, no, we're catching like three pounders. He's like, yeah, we need three and a halves, dude. And it's amazing the fishery that that uh, Mississippi River is up there. But anyway, Noah Schultz has won uh, over the past four years. I think he's won close to a quarter of a million dollars, like seven or eight or maybe even more major tournaments, three or four boats. Uh, and he's, he fished the first uh, Central Open there. But I was like, dude, that would be a great guy to get on to talk about uh, dominating at the regional level and how you get to that level against a lot of uh, talented competition. So uh, we'll bring Noah in now. Dude, you there? Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, thanks for jumping on BTL. No, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, like I said, we don't know each other very well. Heard your name a lot, uh, especially when going through. You know, I look at like the Alabama Bass Trail, the Nichols Marine stuff, stuff that goes on like on the Wild West and one bass out out west, and then uh, kind of that northern like Minnesota area. And like every time I look up results, it's like you've won another boat, you've won another tournament, you're in the top five of something, and it's been pretty incredible over the past number of years like you are uh one of the few individuals who can actually say you are making money bass fishing yeah. correct <laughs> yeah. talk uh give a little background first of all where you're from what you do how you got into this gig and kind of how you ended up where you are now where you're getting a, a lot of uh, media exposure and a lot of 1099s yeah <laughs> tax guys love me uh, background, I've been fishing tournaments for probably 15 years, I'd say, mostly local, uh, just little club derbies, you know, Thursday nighters, jackpot tournaments. You, I think you guys call them, what do you call them, fruit jar tournaments or something like that? You yeah, jackpots, fruit jars, yeah. turkey shoots. I did them for quite a few years, and then um, I'm sure you've heard of Denny Super 30 on Minnetonka. No, we're going to go through. So I had Ken Ma on a couple months ago and we went through the whole tournament circuit out West so people could understand how that all works. I'm going to take you here after we kind of get the basis down. We're going to go over the whole tournament circuits up North in that Minnesota area. So people can kind of get an understanding of what, what you're dealing with there, but go ahead. So I, I moved to the Denny super 30. I'm in a Tonka and then you're fishing as fighter and Felix and Douglas and all them guys, you know, and that's where they cut their teeth. And then I had, had some success there. I had a few wins and uh, was cashing checks. And then uh, Champions Tour came out, which is the next level in Minnesota. And so naturally, I progressed to the Champions Tour. And uh, the rest has been history, more or less. I mean, the last four or five years have been pretty much a dream come true. And I'm just riding the wave and seeing where it takes me. So four years on the Champions Tour. I've got like a little list here. Six Champion Tour wins. Three of those were championships which was a boat like yep. a like a like a nice boat like what kind of boat are we talking about here Peter zx 200 with a 200 yamaha show i actually run them i keep them when i run them really yeah yeah so, so you're fishing out of a boat that you won to win another boat so you've yeah. won boats out of boats that you've won mm-hmm. that's just like a dream scenario. I, I, the first year i won the boat i was fishing out of a 25 year old gambler and it was it was on its last leg the 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 week of practice for the championship, I actually blew a head gasket on the motor and uh, all the marine shops were on were closed. Nobody had time to do anything because it was fall. So everyone's winterizing boats and pulling in boat lifts and stuff. And so I had to put a head gasket in the hotel, the parking lot the night before the derby. 
and I ran that boat and won the won the first boat. Wait a second. So this would have been 2018 or right, 19? 19. Yep. So 2019, you haven't won anything yet. No. Like what? Oh, were I, I, I I won a regular season event on. Leech but what Lake. were your like career tournament earnings before 2019? I don't know. I mean, I didn't keep Are we track. talking hundreds of thousands? Like, are you winning every local thing that you enter or competing? Or, but I mean, you hadn't won any boats or anything before that. No, there's, there's, at first I wasn't fishing for a lot of money. There's not a lot of money to be had locally, you know, a thousand bucks here, maybe two, 1500, you know, probably the highest paid tournaments are allowed locally. And then Denny Super 30, five grand for first, won a few of them. So, I mean, you know, maybe 20, 30 grand, maybe over my, 10 years prior fishing tournaments, which isn't much if you think about it, you know? Yeah. And then and you I, said this I, was on Minnetonka. No, I look Minnetonka is not local for me. I oh no. Where's the one you, where you blew the head gasket? What lake? Oh, that was on uh Bay Lake, just North of Malaya. Okay. So you're on Bay Lake and you're like, are you dialed in? Like, right. You think you have a shot to win the yeah, thing. I, I felt pretty comfortable, pretty happy with my practice, but then I blow my head gasket. It's like, great. You know, now at what, what time? I had two, I had three days left to practice at that point. So I, I didn't have a motor. So I was just using my trolling motor to practice, putzing around the lake with my trolling motor, trying to, <laughs> and you, you can't get very far in trolling motor, you know? So I'm just trying to fish where I can and waiting for the park to show up. Finally, the park came in the day before the tournament. And so there I am in the hotel parking lot, ripping into my engine, putting head gasket on and praying to God it worked the next morning so I could run <laughs> how'd you know how to do that like do you have a background in mechanical stuff no no i'm i'm a pretty cheap cheap person so i don't like paying people 100 bucks an hour to work on my stuff so this over the years i've always fixed all my own vehicles and anything that goes wrong with the boat and now i have a warranty on the boat so i do you have to like youtube how to do that or you just like naturally knew how to change a head gasket it actually ain't that difficult on a two-stroke it's pretty simple pretty straightforward so how long did that take yeah, about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. <laughs> so you Wouldn't change it, and then you go out and you win the derb. Yep. <laughs> and that was kind of the start of all this. That kind of kicked off the next three and a half, four years, yep. All right, so yeah, six champion tour wins, three of them being championships, but you, you were the champions tour AOY in 21. You won the Blackfish in 19. That's another That's another one of the kind of big one-off tournaments yep. up in Minnesota. Ten grand for that one. 10 grand uh you've won some denny super 30s it says here i had you said it you said a handful exactly how many would a handful be noah i don't know i've got i got the plaques out in the garage there's we're we talking like three or like eight no 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 i only fished it for three years okay well probably i think i won two and had maybe three or four seconds maybe holy cow all right um so we kind of got a little bit of a view of, of what it's like in Minnesota, but you guys have a season, right? Unless it's yeah. a border fishery that's on a river. So like yep. if it's between like Minnesota and Wisconsin, there's not a, is there, you, you can catch bass well, there. Like the Mississippi would be a border water okay. and uh, that that's open. There's no regulation. You can fish it all year round, but it, any, <laughs> any, any inland waters in Minnesota, we have a season on. Which is like what? May? Middle of May, it opens. And then when does it close? Uh, when the lakes freeze, typically. So you get May, June, July, August, September, and October. And our, our tournaments, our tournament season is about three months long. It's pretty much, well, maybe four months, I guess. You've got June, July, August, and then everything starts wrapping up in September. 
So it's pretty much hot and heavy if you're a, a tournament angler up in Minnesota. You're rolling three, four months straight. Yeah. yeah. You're go, go, okay. go, go, go. And then you have, I, I assume you have, do you have BFLs in Minnesota? I don't know. I don't, I, I think so, I but don't, I don't fish a lot of that stuff. I don't ever remember seeing it. So you have the main ones that you would say up there are the St. Jude, which is a one-off team tournament. Yep. Uh, the the Blackfish, is that a team tournament or individual? Black. You could fish it, it individually. It's a five-fish limit, so you could fish it by yourself, but it's a team and, event. And where's the, what lake is that on? Minnetonka. Minnetonka. And then the the Denny's Super 30s, those are individuals? Uh, team. Okay, those are team, and those are all over the state? Uh, Minnetonka. Okay, Minnetonka, I'm over 3 now. Uh, but <laughs> So this is the one that's interesting. So then the Champions Tour is, and those are all either 5 or 6 fish, right? You have a lot of 6 fish tournaments up there. Just Is that just too cull out luck like what's the deal with the six yeah they, well they used to, so minnetonka is is the like the hub of tournament fishing in minnesota that's where the who's of the who the set fighters uh, austin felix is josh Douglas. that's where they all cut their teeth that's where if you want to prove yourself as an angler in minnesota you fish denny super 30 on minnetonka or any tournament on minnetonka for that matter okay. and a lot of those tournaments they run they used to run eight fish but they recently wow. Yeah, they recently dropped it to six fish. Six fish to, they're, they're like, like I said, a rule that luck factor of someone catching a six pounder. You know, they want to they want more fish to get rid of luck to see who's who, more or less. A six pounder is big fish up there, regardless of where you are. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then, but the Champions Tour is a. It's a. How long has it been going on now? Like uh, the first couple of years were invite only, and then the. the God, I'm trying to think here. I want to say 2017 could be the first okay. year, but it's like a production deal, and it's is it it's a catchway release format. Yep. Yeah. So it's more of like the MLF format, but you end up having towards the end, like you have a camera boat in it, and it's it. And is it a uh, invitation only deal as well? Uh, it used to be invitation only, and then the one year back in 2018, they opened it up, but then open up. They had two events, which they called opens, which would be similar to what. Bassmaster Opens are where you had to qualify to be on the tour. Okay. So that 2018, I fished those two events, and I qualified to be on the tour. And you also qualified to fish the championship that year in 2018. So I've been on actual tour since 2019. So. And how many events is it a year? Uh, right now it's four, which includes a championship. So three regular season events plus a championship, so four. And entry fee is? thousand bucks a tournament, but, but the championship is free, so three grand to fish the year. So thousand dollars for an individual and up, it's gotta be okay. So an, a, a Toyota is a fifteen hundred and opens eighteen hundred. Individual wise, it's gotta be one of the top ten entry fee trails in the country. Mm-hmm. I would compare it. I would, I would. Yeah. I mean, especially if you look at the championship. I mean, there's they cut the field. There's only twenty five of us that fish a championship, and you're fishing for a fifty five thousand dollar fully rigged, ready to put in a water skeeter, you know? And you want three of those. Uh, <laughs> is it different fishing? The, uh, like right now, uh, we're recording this, uh, the BPT is going on at Mille Lacs. Um, we've seen Angler of the Year championships at Mille Lacs before, which is the five fish. Obviously, we saw what Seth Fighter's done there before, 26, 27 pounds. We've seen giant fish. Uh, it's interesting the haves and have-nots in this, this BPT event up there, but is... Uh, 
Minnesota seems to be a pretty interesting catch ray release format state because of how many bites you can get on some of these fisheries. Yeah. Yeah. We had a tournament last year on Pelican Lake in Orr, Minnesota, which is a very northern part of the state. And the, the guy that won it, Adam Rasmussen, he had over 200 pounds. In a day. In one day, in eight, in eight hours. It was insane. Hold on a second here. I want over to say 200 it, pounds. I want to say it was 232, if I remember right. I 232. Could be and you fish for seven and a half or eight hours. Do you do the whole period thing or? Yep, we do two or four hour periods. We take a oh, break. Okay. So halves. So you do, you fish for, so two, yeah. uh, that's three, 232 divided by eight. That's 29 pounds an hour. Yeah, it was, it was, he was catching them every cast pretty much <laughs> all day long. Holy cow, that's 10 three-pounders an hour. Yeah. So we've seen oh some my big gosh. weights over the year. What's your biggest weight that you've had? 99, I think. Just shy of a hundo. Yeah. So typically, most of these tournaments, you see anywhere from 70 to 90 pounds wins usually in a one-day event. I got gotcha. you. Uh, let's take our first break. When we get back, we've kind of set the stage. We know what it's like. We know how much you've won there. I want to get into what you think it takes to be a good regional angler. Uh, I know you jumped into the first uh, open uh, this year, the Bassmaster Open, they're kind of expanding outside of Minnesota. But there's a lot of guys who who don't fish the Opens. They don't fish the Toyotas. They're not traveling around. But if you can win $50,000 a year, $60,000 a year at home fishing around the house. But there's got to be something. I've interviewed a couple of these guys now, and there's got to be some kind of common thread other than being a really good fisherman that allows you to be that consistent over a long period of time. So uh, talking with Minnesota's Noah Schultz, it is BTL on a Monday. We'll be back right after this. Your key to better fishing this season is Elite FS. Now available at a new lower price. Get Elite FS9 today for $9.99. And we'll throw in a CMAP reveal chart. Our premium mapping solution for free. Elite FS works with all state-of-the-art Lorenz sonar. From chirp, side scan, and down scan imaging with fish reveal to high-resolution active target live sonar. Elite FS9 and CMAP reveal. Offer ends August 31st. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry-leading design coupled with tournament-winning performance. The Puma STS from BassCat. Feel the rush. We're just about ready to go, ladies and gentlemen. Get in order. Once again, Drew Cook is in the driver's seat. When you're catching fish for a living, you can't let a little cold, rain, heat, humidity, or anything else get in the way of payday. I wear APCO. Any fish, any water. 
The KVD 100 Jerkbait. 15 different colors. A perfect combination of roll, wiggle, and flash. Increased castability. 3D eyes. Premium black nickel hooks. KVD. Tie one on. Striking lures. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? Well, the Bass Tank is here to help you. The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Get the best patterns back by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. Try the Deep Dive app today. Look at that beast right there. All right, we're back. BTL talking with Noah Schultz talking. Uh, kind of set the stage in the first segment a little bit about how you, uh, how you go about winning a quarter million dollars in the last four years in Minnesota. Uh, would you say that uh, it seems like for a long time it was like Jim Moyna was up there. I talked a little bit with Austin Felix about this, uh, but, you know, he just won up there. You've got... Uh, Josh Douglas, I guess you want to go old school. You got Derek Remitz, sod farmer from Minnesota that came, and then he ended up moving to uh, Gunnersville afterwards, but he's a Minnesota guy. Uh, and then obviously the angler of the year, Seth Fighter. But uh, it really seems like Seth has done an incredible job in kind of opening the doors of Minnesota to the rest of the country and kind of showing uh, – the rest of the bass fishing community, what Minnesota has to offer both from a fishery standpoint and from a, uh, angler talent standpoint. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think so. Was he like a legend up there before he became well-known or is, I mean, what was, what was Seth like in Minnesota before he was angler of the year, Seth fighter? He dominated mostly everything. He was the guy to beat. He went to Minnetonka, you know, him and John Figgy were the, the team to beat always. So he he dominated quite a quite a bit of tournaments for quite a few years around here. What do you think made him so good? I have no idea. Driven. I don't want to be the best. I, I, I don't know. He, time on the water. There's no one answer to it. I have no idea. All right, we're going to try to find those answers now because <laughs> you've had you've had a crazy amount of success. And like I said, I've had a couple of people say, "Hey, Noah Schultz is the next thing that's going to come out of of Minnesota, and I guess it starts with you did sign up for the the Central Opens uh, this year. Uh, the three of those was that just based as as a result of wanting to take this to uh, the next level, or what was the reasoning yeah. behind jumping into the Opens? Obviously, obviously the dream is you know I've been watching Bass Masters since you know, back in the day TNN and Bob Cobb, and you know it's been <laughs> I was raised on Bass Masters. My dad was a bass fisherman my grandpa was a bass fisherman so it's it's been in my life my whole life so it's always been a dream of mine and the elites would be the ultimate goal so i figured i'd dabble in the opens and uh i would just do one division just to kind of give it a feel and see how it went see if i liked it and first one didn't go too good down at ross barnett you know i had i think i finished 63rd but i was sicker than a dog and i can give you every excuse in the book you know why i didn't have any success but it was just a rough experience for me all around. And 
just didn't end very well. And being 63rd, you know, I watch you guys all the time and you always break down the points and all that stuff. And it's depressing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And I already knew, okay, I'm, I'm out of it. I'm not going to qualify for the elites. So with that, you know, being said, I pulled out of the last two. Cause why, why spend that kind mm-hmm. of money? If you're not, if you don't have the, the, the ultimate goal is to be on the elite series, obviously. And if, you're not going to qualify. I'm going to put my money somewhere else. And there's a lot of big local tournaments left in the year to fish. So I'm going to fish for money here on home and hopefully it ends well for the season. What was your experience level outside of Minnesota? Zero. That's the first time. I don't even have an experience in Minnesota until I fished a champions tour. I was just fishing local lakes, thousand acre lakes around home. And once I started doing the champions tour, every single lake that I fished on the champions tour was brand new to me. I didn't have hardly any smallmouth experience. So it's I'm still learning as I go. So what do you think it is that has made you so successful in the past four years? I can't no say idea. I don't know. That's not you can't <laughs> have to you have to break this down because I mean you got guys who who are you know veterans, um, guys who fish everything, study everything that they can, and you're like kicking some serious butt. I, I guess there's there's a couple. I mean, the biggest thing I do is ignore doc talk. I don't get caught up in how people are catching them or why they're catching them or where they're catching them or send me this waypoint, send me that waypoint. I completely block all that out and I just fish the lake, how I think it should fish. And I, I find I've, a lot of times I find myself fishing fish that other people aren't or fishing areas that other people aren't. And I think that's a big part of it. Really? Uh, is there, you know, you go to all these lakes that are, I mean, there's very popular, like you said, Minnetonka, very popular tournament lakes in Minnesota. Is it, usually fish pretty small are there usually pretty much areas that guys always go to where it goes down in and you've kind of bucked that trend over the last couple of years yeah there, there's there's definite community holes in Minnetonka and there's a lot of them and they get pounded and I tend to stay away from that kind of stuff you know and uh I don't it's I tend to stay like I said you stay away I stay away from mm-hmm. the high percentage areas like the big main lake point and the tip of that point you know, you watch boat after boat after boat fish it. I won't even go near it because, number one, you're going to waste time in practice. Number two, if you do catch fish there, you're going to have 100 boats come behind you in practice and beat up that school. So more than likely on tournament day, it's not going to be very good, you know. I just try to kind of stay away from stuff like that and just kind of find my own deal, my own pattern or my own area that's kind of off the beaten path. You do a lot of like Google Earth research or you just get on the water and go where it takes you? Just get on the water and go where it takes me, more or less. I mean, I'll watch a little bit of stuff on YouTube and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but I don't want to get too dialed in before I get to the lake, you know, because that, that can that can end pretty badly sometimes. If you do so much research, you you go there and you think you have to catch them this way and you have to do these things, and usually doesn't end very well. So I just kind of keep an open mind when I go. I'll, I'll look at them. I'll get in my boat and you know I'll sit there and look at the map and stuff like that and the structure and stuff like that, but. It, as far as like techniques go, how people catch them, how people fish the lakes and areas and stuff like that, I kind of tend to shy away from that kind of stuff. It's interesting. I had Gerald Spore on a couple of weeks ago, a BPT pro. He also fished the Elite Series. He really likes up north. His favorite lake is actually Champlain. He didn't start tournament fishing until he was in his 20s. Uh, and he kind of talked about the same process of that, really went into the, the preconceived notions of having a core a set of baits that you know work under any conditions that you have confidence in uh, spread out on the front deck, but not going into your practice or the tournament saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to go. 
uh, and it seems like you kind of take that same approach. Are there certain things that you always have laid out on the deck, though, that oh, yeah. that you're going to have tied on regardless? Mm-hmm. There's like, I always have a, probably six, seven rods for large malt that I always have tied up and laid out ready to go. And small malt, small malt, I'm probably, like I said, I'm still learning small malt. You know, where I'm from, we don't have, we have one lake that's got like five small malt in it. And, you know, really? everyone's, everyone's caught them a hundred times. So, <laughs> So it's all largemouth fishing down here. So for smallmouth, I don't, I keep it pretty simple, you know, drop shot, net rig. We have a thing up here because we'll get into that later about the laws. We fish a Minnesota rig, we call it. We don't fish, we don't, we don't call it Alabama rig. It's got one hook. I'll have that and I'll have like crankbait and jerkbait. That's about it for my smallmouth fishing. Okay. So, La- largemouth stuff, anything secret? I mean, are you using stuff that these other guys aren't using, do you think? Like, do you have something in your back pocket? Uh, there's there's a few things I really lean on more than others that I don't want to talk about, but <laughs> so it's, it's very competitive around here. So there's a few things I kind of keep to myself. And I've mentioned I this. Know, I don't know if it matters before. or not, you know. But I've talked about this before with the northern guys. Seth kind of blew it out of the water too. Is the ringed hook? Yeah. That's Are the, you a ringed hook type of guy? Are you upset that I'm even talking about the ringed hook now? I feel like everyone does it now, though. Like every guy from Minnesota that I see now has well, a ringed hook. You'd be surprised hook. at how many people don't do it still. You think that makes that much of a difference? Flipping, I do. Why? A debate moves more freely, I think. And you get better hookup. All we're t- talking about is just an offset, uh, offset hook, and then there's just a like a, a stainless ring. steel ring like think of a split ring except it doesn't have the split ring part that you can get your knot stuck in and then you just texas rig it on the ring it's basically like flipping a wobble head for lack of a yeah, better pretty much it just yeah. moves it moves much more freely it's i don't know how to explain it it just gives it more of a free movement and it just looks i i feel like it looks more appealing in the water mm-hmm. it's just not a straight blob falling down you know i got you uh, so you're a, you're a largemouth first guy then is what it sounds like. If there's a fishery that you can target the largemouth on, that seems to be your wheelhouse. Or have you had success equally on both largies and smallies? I've had success split. You know, I want a boat on Malax. This makes uh, no sense. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm still I'm still trying to figure out this. I, I, I'm more of a pattern guy. Like, okay, if I can get whether it's largemouth or smallies, if I can get something dialed in, and it seems like you can roll with it. You know. Do you th- okay? Now it's starting to make sense. Do you think that uh, you said growing up a lot, you fish smaller stuff, but you fish a lot of smaller fisheries, right? Mm-hmm. Thousand acre fisheries. So Minnesota, high fish population, they only have like five months to eat, and they're like popsicles the rest of the time. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. aggressive fish, right? Yeah, very aggressive. Land of ten thousand lakes, so not a lot of pressure on some of those. Do you think that you? have had the ability to figure out patterns and then roll with that quicker because you're fishing these smaller bodies of water. We're able to dissect fine patterns and get feedback more so than the average guy who's just out on Minnetonka or even like a grand Lake or something and just grinding day in day out on a massive body of water. Do you think you've been able to to take something small, master it and then apply it Mm -hmm. to the bigger fisheries? Absolutely. It's like where, where I live, we're, we're super spoiled. I live a block away from a lake where you, you can go out and it's not uncommon to have 100 fish days. And they're not small fish. They're, you know, two and a half to five pounds. And then they're Largies. average. Yeah, average three and a half to four, a lot of them. And it's, Holy cow. 
Yeah. So you go out there to learn. You go out there and which which hook is better, which line is better, is this rod better for this application, you know, and is a Nico rig better than a drop shot? Do they like this jig over that jig? And like anything you need to work on or you're lacking in, you can just I, I can drive a block and I can work on my weaknesses. And I do that a lot. Like when I not tournament fishing, my fun fishing is going out and working on what I'm not very good at. Because you always get feedback. Yeah, you're constantly catching fish. Mm-hmm. Like where I grew up in Illinois, like if you caught three in a tournament, you're like, I'm kept getting paid. <laughs> like like one time I remember I was like, oh my gosh, it's my first limit. And I've been fishing club tournaments for like three years. Yeah, it's not like not that. Not like that in Minnesota. I mean, it's getting a little bit tougher now because we're getting more pressure with the explosion of the bass fishing industry and the, more, the popularity of it. So these, these fish are getting a lot more pressure now. But I mean, still, every tournament around here, if you don't have if you don't have 20 to 23, 22 pounds, you don't you don't feel safe. You don't think you have a shot at winning. There has been a big boom you've noticed in the last five years since you started getting into it. Yeah, a big boom. What do you think that is a result of? I mean, I guess you could say COVID because people had nothing else to do. So they all started, people started fishing. That's the only thing I can think. I have no idea, but it just really, really took off. And high school angling too. I mean, locally around here, we were starting to see a lot of high school teams pop up, you know. Back when I was in high school, it wasn't cool. You had to keep it a secret, you know. <laughs> Me and my buddy would go out fishing, and we wouldn't tell nobody. It was a secret. Uh-huh. But. I, I'm intrigued with this start small. So, like, we do, you know, we do an instructional day every single day with Frank Scalish, and he comes on, and, and one of his big things that he always does is he always takes a big, big arm of a lake or big, big lake and then takes a smaller section of He fishes a lot of small lakes in Ohio, but he teaches how to take a section of a giant lake and treat it like a smaller lake, basically do what you've done right there, which is the hardest thing because if they're not, but you can run. I mean, there's like no rules. Like that's the cool thing. It's not like there's no stop signs. There's no traffic jams. You can, no one to tell you where to go. But I think that that's super overlooked is taking something small and mastering it and then applying those same strategies to the bigger picture. That's what I think has been a big key to you know my success is being spoiled and have it's yeah, not it's a, it's this lake either. I have I have lakes all over that I can any day of the week I can go drive and go to a different lake and they all mm-hmm. they all fish pretty well. You know, like you can go out and catch 30, 40, 50 fish. Like it's not a big deal at all to go do that, you know, even in a tournament. You mentioned time on the water, one of the reasons why you think Seth and what was his partner's name? I've heard his partner's name a lot too. John John Figgy. And he smokes them. Oh yeah, he fishes a champions tour. He's Does always he still smoke him. Oh yeah, yeah. We were head to head last year on Malax, and I in the last ten minutes I caught a four and a five on back to back casts and etched them out. <laughs> Young dude like Seth or older dude? I'd say he's our age, thirty eight probably. If I had to guess, okay, upper thirties. Has he ever tried to go anywhere? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe he fished the opens a few years back when he was running with Seth. I don't know. Okay. Um. Dang, I don't know where I was going with that. I had somewhere I wanted to uh, somewhere I wanted to go with that. Oh, okay. So when you fish the open then, first time outside of Minnesota, did you try to apply that same stuff to Ross Barnett and did it work? Or was it just a clown show down there? Kind of like what I experienced where I was like, oh, look, I can count 38 boats. Or were you well, able to get away? You were able to get away and do your own thing on Ross Barnett even. Yep. I was surprised. Actually, my, my first day co-angler, he kind of made me feel bad because... 
I found an area with a lot of fish. Like I in practice, I was getting a lot of bites and had a lot of fish in one area. It was up, uh, up near the Pearl River there, run under whatever bridge that was, running north, going to the bridge, run up another mile up in the Pearl River, some back. That was all so, blown out in practice. It was, but the water started to clear up, started to drop, and oh. uh, I found an area with a lot of fish. Like I figured, I'd go up there and get thirteen to fifteen pounds pretty easily. Wow! And I get in there, and I had the whole place to myself both days, all day. Nobody was in there. How'd you My find boat. that? Did you find it on map study? Did you find it during practice? Like, what was the what made you go up there? Just fishing around during practice and just stumbled into an area where I got a few bites. So then I started to dial in and really pick the area apart and started to learn that there's a lot more fish in the area than I thought there was. Okay. On day one of the tournament, I think the water dropped just a little too much on day one. I think those fish pulled out, moved out. And uh, it was tougher. You know, I think I had four fish on day one. And day two, I had five. I had like a four or something and dropped another four boat side. I mean, I touched it with my hand and it come off. So that was devastating but yeah but there was something weird the way those fish were biting that week i i i don't think i talked to anybody who didn't dump fish and it wasn't like they were missing them it was like they were either picking it up and zipping with it like mock 12 speed or you'd hook them you'd get them halfway back to the boat and they would come off well the the only thing the big one i lost i had them i I was was flipping a jig and uh this is actually at the end of the day, on the second day, I was flipping a jig. I ran into a marina just to burn some time at the very end and flipping on a retaining wall and set the hook. There must have been like a water intake pipe or something like that. And she got wrapped around it. So I'm pulling, pulling, I finally get it all the way to the surface. And I see her. She's laying on her side on this pipe. And as soon as I touched her, she she ran and popped the line. Oh. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was rough. But it had to make you feel good that you were able to take what you've been so successful in minnesota with and apply it to a tough fishery in mississippi yeah yeah but at the same time you know this this stuff i talk about going down to these local lakes here and catching 100 fish i also feel like it it's a it's a bad thing too because these lakes around where i live are spot lakes because they're so small the fish only live in certain areas so you got to rock pile those fish live on a rock pile you got a brush pile they live on that brush pile where you go these massive Massive bodies of water, which I'm learning now over the years, is those fish tend to move a lot more and patterns change a lot quicker. You know, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like day to day, things are different. Where around home, I can go to that same rock pile seven days a week and get bit. Whereas not I got you. On bigger bodies of water, that that was something I had to learn going into these bigger events like the Champions Tour and stuff like that. I'm I'm getting better at that now. I'm not getting so die hard on one pattern or die hard on one spot and keep more of an open mind and moving more and pulling the plug on stuff and just going fishing. And so a lot of gut instinct stuff. Uh, Oh, that's where I was going with before with the Seth thing was, uh, do you have like a job or are you like fishing now? I mean, you've made, no, I have a job. I, uh, for years, years and years and years, 20 years, I was in the agriculture industry and did that for, you know, 18 or 20 years and quit. And me and my wife started our uh, at-home business. We sell stuff online. Okay. And so I pretty much work all winter long and then fishing season comes. If I'm not cashing checks, I got to work. But okay. if, I'm ca- if I'm cashing checks, <laughs> I got you. Life is, good, you know? life is good. If I'm winning, if I'm winning tournaments and I'm making money, I can just keep, keep fishing and keep fishing and keep fishing. Like, you know, I, I haven't actually worked in probably 
over a month now. And uh, I'm just getting ready. I was on Malax the other day and uh, yesterday. Now I'm getting ready to go back up for an event I got on there on Saturday. And then I roll right from that one. I roll to a, another tournament on the other side of the state called Big Stone for Minnesota Bass Heads for another ten grand, and come home from that, be home for a few days. And I got an obligation up north I got to do. And this, so it's cool. You know, it's it's afforded me the ability to take some load off myself in the summer and not work as long as I'm cashing checks, but I don't cash yeah. checks that I'm working. But so it's, I put myself in a position to be able to fish if I need to fish or want to fish. So you're doing the same thing. All the good guys are doing. You're spending a lot of time on the water, five, yeah. six days uh, a week, taking what you've learned, applying it, rolling on to the next one, using the momentum, learning from the mistakes, getting back on the water day in, day out, day in. You're not, having to stop for five or six days then restart and figure well, out what's going on you just it's kind of like one big roll i do i do not i don't fish as much as most people think because i've got i've got seven kids at home so Wait, two of them are, yeah two of them are older but we have five little ones so i'm Holy more, cow. Of a, more of a dad than i am a fisherman so wow yeah we're busy <laughs> do they all like to fish too yeah yeah but uh one of the oldest boys he's my tournament partner for a lot of the stuff around oh, home. Oh, that's cool. We fish tournaments together around home. So What are their age the, ranges? 20 to a few months old. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That makes this thing even more impressive, what you've been able to do. I just thought it was you and your wife rolling around, selling no. stuff and fishing every day. No, and they, they travel with me, too. So everywhere I go, we run somewhere for a week for an event. We, we load the whole family up, and they come with, too. So, All right. That's interesting. Yep. All right, we're going to take our final break of the show. When we come back. Uh, well, that kind of changes the last segment because I wanted to get into uh, your plans for the future, uh, where you see yourself, where you see this going, uh, and and what your goals are on the water since you've accomplished. Well, you've accomplished everything you can accomplish in Minnesota, pretty much. So, all right, BTL with Noah Schultz. We'll be back right after this. The new Android series is the peak of the Denali lineup and offers the ultimate Denali experience. The Android series features 36-ton multi-directional graphite combined with interlock blank technology for added strength. Each rod is outfitted with royal titanium guides that will not fail. The blank is fitted into an easy-touch, soft-feel EVA foam grip with exposed blank reel seat. This all allows the Android to transmit every movement of your bait and even the most subtle bites. The Android series is the finest rod Denali has ever made and offers an angler the ultimate fishing experience with a limited lifetime warranty. See the full lineup of Android rods at DenaliRods.com. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting BeatdownOutdoors.com. Elite Series Pro Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. 
And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xzonelures.com and check them out for yourself. Here and the Kamikaze Swim On is a perfect match for any vibrating jig. Two sizes and the unique tail design gives it a bait fish profile and a great swimming action for realism. There are 17 colors. See them all at BigBiteBaits.com. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro's coming out with a handful of new colors including Pearl Shad which has this bleached out white look but it's got this pearlescent really really pretty. We've got Copper Shad which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back really really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the Matte Sexy Shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you want to give them a little different look, that Matte Sexy Shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. Combining one of the most popular hook styles with Gamakatsu's beefier Superline offering, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend delivers the strength necessary to target big fish in heavy cover. Well suited for braided line and heavier fluorocarbon, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend is built using stronger Superline wire that allows anglers to easily fish a finesse worm around heavy cover. The round bend offers a larger bite area, perfect for any worm presentation, while increasing your hookup ratios. The newly enhanced Z-Band holds your plastics on the hook longer, reducing the number of pull-offs and reducing damage to plastics. Available in 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, and 5-0, this is the most durable worm hook, designed for heavier lines that hold your bait on longer. Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. You're only as strong as your connection to the fish, and your line is that critical connection. Confidence in your line every minute of every day on the water is a necessity, and failure, it's not an option. Sunline makes the fluorocarbon, nylon, and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Welcome back, BTL, uh, with Noah Schultz. I'm actually on the Champions Tour uh, YouTube channel. You guys do a really good job of uh, creating a... Does that also air on TV up there? Uh, no, it doesn't. And they do a really good job of uh, producing a product for each one of those Champions Tour events and even it. Let's see if I can share. Yeah, they do an awesome job. Adam Bartusik, he's the videographer him and his team do a phenomenal job there it is right there it's like a long thing there's all sort i mean it goes through it's like there you are right there oh you're throwing a spinning rod yep i even saw here 
you weren't kidding. There was they did like a little feature on you. And there's one win. There, there was one with all the kiddos. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to, I wanted I to see if I could show that. Oh, this is like a little whole preview you on your whole. We got to watch this one second. Here it comes. Yeah, they do some amazing work with the video. Did I go past it again? Yeah, you went past it. <laughs> anyway, that's cool stuff right there. I would uh, I would encourage anybody to go into uh, onto YouTube, and it's just under uh, classic bass classic Champions. bass champions tour, uh, and they've got all the the uh, all of the. 2022 and the previous years the one just dropped about four days ago which was the uh championship on serpent lake uh how big is that lake a thousand acres and they had you guys had how many anglers out on it 25 that's not getting each other's kitchen couldn't you that was the intention though they did that on purpose they wanted us to fish tight and close quarters and see who can handle the pressure does the catchway release format on that Champions Tour allow you guys to go to a lot more different venues and not have to worry about boxing fish and stuff like that? Yeah, like Mille Lacs. Okay. We were able to fish Mille Lacs, but a lot of our, a lot of our lakes, uh, I think only a couple of lakes in the state of Minnesota are, are catch and release. There's not very many of them. So. Okay. Are you, yeah, would you, are you consider yourself like a Mille Lacs expert or something based on our conversation? I feel like you probably haven't spent a lot of time out there. No, before I, the championship out there, I fished a lake one time. So wow. I fished a lake. I fished a lake twice in my life, and now I got a tournament. No, I'm, I take that back. Three times in my life, now I've fished that lake. Is that the one Austin's fishing this weekend too? Austin Felix. Yeah, yeah, he'll be up there. We're fishing that against each other. Unfortunately, he'll probably take my money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of the last segment here. Then what? You know, you mentioned that you wanted to do this. Bass has come out with the nine. You have to fish all nine to qualify. Uh, MLF just came out with some interesting changes to their pro circuit. I mean, in order to get to the Elite Series, the BPT, even a pro circuit, invitational level now, like you've got to make some serious sacrifices and have a lot of coin. What's the game plan? What does it look like for you? I mean, you are you are what, I guess these organizations are targeting you're an up-and-coming top-level regional angler with some disposable income from your earnings who's really wants to give it a go where do you see yourself right now what's what's the plan what's the next move it's we've had a lot of conversations the wife and i lately about it and with bass doing what they did with you know all nine or none you don't qualify that's uh you're taking a family guy like me, a normal working dude, you know, it's to fork up 40 grand. I don't know. Four, three and a half months away. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, Four, eight, I don't know. Two months. I want to do it, but it's, it's almost impossible to, I, I, I don't have, I don't come from money. I don't have money. So. So you're like, you're kind of stuck right now. Like you're, you're winning around there, but you want to expand your horizons but you're not sure what the right move is. I don't want to gamble my life savings either. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's not fun. No. So it's <laughs> if I was single, if I was single, if it was just me and the wife, you know, I'd, I'd yeah, mm-hmm. let's go do it. You know, worst comes to worst, you lose your money and whatever. You know. But you got 
kids that depend on you too. So it's a hard choice to make. And I don't know what that choice is going to be yet. So I would, uh, I don't see how I want to say this here. I would venture to say hang tight. And I think you'll have some avenues in the near, near future. I hope so. <laughs> I, I think, I think we're going to see some announcements coming down the pipeline, uh, soon that is, uh, it's going to give the uh, kind of grassroots guy, the regional guy, a chance uh, to make that happen without, like I said, sacrificing seven kids and a career and a job and your life savings. Yeah, or your house. <laughs> yeah, your it's house. weird because we're in the same, you know, we're the, we're the same age there. You got a lot of stuff going on, but like, I mean, this is just this what I do. So I'm I'm kind of on it on as as to like that's where all my disposable income goes and non-disposable income, but that's where my disposable <laughs> disposable income goes. I mean, uh, it, it, it is the dream. That's, that's all. It's all I think about. I don't. I don't have any other hobbies. You know, I have my kids, my my wife, and then my hobby is fishing. And all I do, I don't watch sports. I don't do anything else. Everything I'm watching, consume on TV and YouTube is fishing related. So interesting. But you don't want to sacrifice too much either. So I gotta make the right choice, I guess. Yeah, it'll be interesting, especially when the schedule comes up. If there's anything up that way, also in uh, in Minnesota. But it sounds like you're a classic elite series guy, as far as bass side. Yeah, yeah, but that's bad. The wife, she's like, "Why don't you go to FLW and you'll do the BPT thing because you're good at that? Look at the success you've had." Yeah, you're very good at that. But my heart, my heart is with Bass Masters, as most people are. You know, I'm a diehard, mm-hmm. diehard. I grew, like I said, I grew up watching TNN outdoors with Bob Cobb and. Bassmaster, I've I've watched that my whole life, you know, and that's what I've always followed. Not that I don't watch BPT, I've been watching. Yeah, no, of- no, I'm with you. It's very interesting because um, obviously that's that that kicked off in in uh, in 2019. We're almost five years into this now. We've seen a lot of changes, a lot of good things. I enjoy watching it as well, but I feel like it. If you're gonna, and I said this is just me talking. You don't have to give your input here, but I'll say it. Just you just nod. You don't even have to nod your head, but I'll, I'll say it. I, th- I feel like um, if you're if you're gonna pit them head to head, right, Bass and MLF, and I think that it is pitted head to head. You've seen press releases from organizations that that literally compare themselves to the other organizations, saying, "Hey, we are better than you in this standpoint." They are clashing head to head, but I think, uh, and I and I, but I think that 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 MLF underestimated the importance and value put on history. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that at the, at the beginning. And a lot of those guys that are over there are the ones that created that history, which is some of the irony in it. Right. But you mentioned the Bob Cobb and the TNN, and this is the Bass Masters and all of the, uh, the Jim bitter stuff and uh, everything that's just gone down and, and Kirchel winning it and the formation of the elite series. And it puts, it's something that you don't really realize is ingrained in you until it's not there anymore or until there's another option. I think we're seeing it in golf too, with the PGA versus live. Uh, you're seeing a lot of, uh, well, why are we, why are these people not liking live take away the Saudi blood money out of it? And it's just because there's no, uh, history to it. They're trying to build that history. Now, if maybe your kids, you've got kids who are watching it and stuff, dude, they could be huge MLF BPT fans in the future because they're growing up with that history. But we yep. grew up with the bass history. 
Yep. So it's absolutely nothing against their organization, but they're just fighting against change, which bass fishermen hate change. And <laughs> yeah. they're fighting against the history and, and the background and the decades. Cause I was the same way, man. Like, you know, I went to the Bassmaster classic in 1998 and it was like done after that. It was all like the Bassmaster classic. I've never really? done classic. Yeah. Is that uh, intentional or just haven't no, made I, it out? Just haven't traveled to one. I don't know why. I watch them all, obviously. I watch all the live coverage of yeah. every tournament. If I'm not out fishing, I watch every minute of every live coverage. I've been watching Malax the last couple of days. All day Learn long. a lot from that? Like, have you picked up little little things from the live coverage? I would say live is more valuable than people give it credit for as far as learning. Because it's not just what they say. You watch what they're doing, too, you know? I feel like you learn more from that than what you would on a YouTube clip about somebody talking about something. I just yeah, watch it. And how they act and how they, I watch. I don't know how to explain it. So you think you've put more fish in the boat because of of live? Oh yeah, for sure. It's almost like homework. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Will you go back and watch? Like, if you have something to do, practice something with the kids. Will you go back and watch like replays of it and all that too, just to make sure you get it all in? Mm-hmm. I consume Dude, a lot. You are, a, you are ate up with it. That's the one thing. Everybody who is top level at this i just filmed a deal with dave mercer we were talking about uh Polinick and wheeler who's gonna end up with more angler of the years and and uh you do a bunch of these interviews and you find the guys who are consistently at the top consumed with it mm-hmm. i can't help it I, I, that's why i don't hunt i don't do anything else i don't watch any sports i, I literally i'll wake up every morning at like four o'clock make some coffee Fire up the YouTube and watch bass fishing videos. So what makes you think you're, what keeps you from getting burned out? I get that question a lot, right? I do BTL when I'm not doing BTL. I fish when I'm not fishing. I'm scheduling for BTL. I'm working on tackle. My job, my hobbies, everything is like all one in the same. I mean, I still, I, I like to golf and stuff a little bit, but it's, it's fishing, fishing. What do you think has kept you from getting burned out through almost four decades? Oh, I would say the competition is what keeps me going, what drives me. I want to win and I want to win and I want to win. That's what keeps me going. And the only way to do that is to keep consuming, you know, media and consuming what's out there for content and learning and learning and growing. And that's, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get burnt out. I love it. And I don't get sick of it. When I go practice, like yesterday, I ran to Mille Lacs. It's a three hours drive for me. I got up at one in the morning, left the house about two thirty, two o'clock, gassed up. I got to Mille Lacs at sunrise fished all day till about seven o'clock, seven thirty at night. And I drove home. I do that a lot. Are you a guy who, are you fishing against the lake and your abilities and having a a productive day to the best of your abilities? Are you a guy who's like, I want to beat Jim. I'm doing whatever I can to beat Jim or Tom or whoever it is. (laughs) Do you look at it? You look at it as versus the fish or there, is it the beating the other guys that drives you more? (laughs) I, I hear a lot that people say you're fishing against the fish and not other anglers. And I, I, I think you're fishing against the other anglers. I'm kind of the same way. Like I do the, I do a, uh, I, did, I fished a Sunday deal here on Keystone uh, with my buddy Robert. And we were like, we just wanted to beat Brock and TJ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what drove yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have small goals like that every tournament. I gotta, beat, I gotta make sure I beat this guy. Before I can win, <laughs> I I think I don't know. I think that's just how different people are wired. But they're just we just did not want to come back to the way it. And that's a, <laughs> a, out of respect, right? Like their buddies, they're really good out there. They win a lot. They win thousands of dollars out there. But like 
that that was what kept us going when we had yeah. four in the box with an yeah. hour left is you know brock way. and tj have a limit we need to buckle down and put one in the box yeah <laughs> in the same way so uh sponsorship wise uh i'm really curious uh a lot of a lot of publicity like i said on the shows for the classic bass um do you do you have paying sponsors do you have people who support you has that really has anything happened over the last four years as you win more and more tournaments uh i didn't i didn't even sponsors weren't even on my radar until i figured that i could bring value to them first improve myself so i didn't really even put any emphasis on sponsorship until really this last year is when i really started to put effort towards it you know and i have a handful of sponsors now i don't have 20 i just have a handful but they're really good sponsors and they're products that I've always been using and still use. And that's why, you know, I decided to partner with them and you can feel free to mention them. I mean, it's a BTO. Yeah, I, I have a uh, hummingbird Minn Kota, which have been, okay. Dude, place. everyone up North is hummingbird Minn Kota. Like I uh, went to that St. Jude and it was like, yeah. everyone pulled up to the bank and it was just 360 bird, 360 bird, like as far down as you could see, like there was like one black sheep that didn't have 360. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, holy cow, but man, yeah. they have that market nailed up there. We, I've been hummingbirds since my, my first graph, you know, I don't know how many years ago. I've been running hummingbirds since forever. And yeah. uh, I've, been, I've been a blessing to get them to come on board, working with Tim Price and, you know, over there at Minkota Hummingbirds. And then uh, I've been using Kistler rods on and off for quite a few years. And I partnered with Kistler this year. That's been phenomenal. And, you know, a lot of people that know me, I've, I've fished with a lot of junk over the years. I fished with hand-me-down stuff. I buy used stuff from my buddies after they got done using it and, and so now I've got good equipment, which has been phenomenal this year. Big, you know, that's, that's a big deal. I used to have like eight rod and reel combos and that's all I had. And they're all 10 to 15 years old and they're all garbage and junk. And now I have more than I could use. And then I partnered with uh, Bagley. I've been running okay. Bagley's since I was a kid. You know, my dad used to throw Bagley's. I threw Bagley's and partnered with them. And uh, they've been coming out with some new, uh, new crankbaits lately haven't they they've really kind of up their up Mm -hmm. their uh their game as far as combining what people liked about the quote old school bagley's and incorporating some new technology into some of their new baits Mm -hmm. yeah they've been a big they've been a big player for me too and i've actually won a lot of money on their crankbaits the the boat i won last year on malax a big part of that was i caught some real i think i caught three or four big smallies like four pounders on a square bill on a bagley b1 And that wasn't like my primary pattern, but catching those fish dialed me into what was going on, which led me to win the tournament, you know. And then um, Blackfish Gear, the apparel brand up here in Minnesota, partnered with them last year too. So it's been, uh, I don't have, like I said, I don't have a lot, but I have good good quality sponsors. Yeah, that's, that's really important to me. So, I'm, Do you do the ice fishing thing? I mentioned that at the beginning, that that's how I kind of got a little bit plugged into the Minnesota scene. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I didn't do it a lot last year because now I kind of, I used to ice fish a lot, you know, every day. <clears throat> I'd go out and drill 200 holes and I'd be that crazy guy out there running around 20 below hole hopping. But uh, now I'm putting more, more focus on working all, all winter long to get some money saved up so I can fish more in the summer. But I, I plan on doing more ice fishing this year than I did last year. So I do ice fish. Uh, you don't seem like a huge social media guy to me, but do you have like an Instagram or anything? I just started social media about a year ago. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of the vibe I was getting. You got, you, do you have an Instagram though? 
Yeah. Yep. No social Yep. Instagram, Facebook. The wife does a lot of that stuff for me. I don't know how to do it. She'll give me the phone, set it all up, and then I'll type what I need to say or want to say. But she's she runs my social media for me. I'm following you now. Oh, yeah. You got to get some more followers on there. You're doing good. Good stuff. Hey, if we can get Frank Scalish. We can get Frank uh, Scalish to answer. If we can get Frank Scalish to answer DMs, there's hope for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to get in here? No, this has been uh, this has been rather it just this has been pretty intriguing uh, interview. I greatly appreciate the time that you uh, that you took to to uh, to jump on BTL, and it's not too often you get to talk to someone that successful that recently uh, over the past four or five years. But yeah, quarter of a million dollars just in Minnesota alone. That's cash and prizes. It's not all cash, though. So. Just say a quarter of a million. <laughs> Do you have a trophy room? That's my next question. You have a trophy oh, yeah, room? I got, if you can see, here's some of it. Oh, you got, got big checks. I'm spread all around the house, in the garage. The wife, the wife loves it. She lets me keep the big ones in the house, and the smaller ones got to go out into the garage. Well, if you're all fishing and not hunting, she doesn't have to worry about racks yep, and ducks and no stuff. It's anywhere. just, yeah. <laughs> No mounts, just trophies, and those yeah. all equate to cash. So, I fish for trophies, man. The checks are nice, but the hardware lasts forever. There you go. Noah Schultz, I think that's a great quote to end it on. Yep. Thanks for jumping Thanks on BTL. Yeah. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with a brand new BTL. Until then, we'll talk to you guys later.